0: <laughs> I met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest
1: eyes, I like a doll's eye. I love this town. <laughs> Hello, City. And we're back. Uh, City of Geek podcast after a nice little break uh, with a couple more quarantine recommendations. So that's what we're all doing right now. Stuck in the quarantine, surviving, working as, as best we can. Uh, we're coming back with everything. It's awesome. It's streaming that you can check out. We're going to have a regular episode here soonish. I think in found footage uh, films can save it. I love and Cody. Yeah,
0: Cody loves found footage.
1: Oh, I, love yeah. found footage I, I do. I, I love him, too. I'm not. I'm not a found footage hater. So I'm looking forward to checking out some things, revisiting some old classics or not so classics that I saw years ago. I want to check back on again. Uh, about to say some of those titles, but no, I'm going to save those for the episode itself. Save
0: them.
1: Well played, sir. Well played. Just leave it teasing. Uh so we'll look forward to, to that here soon if you're tired of our quarantine recommendations. Uh, but hopefully we'll get onto that in the next couple of weeks based upon you know schedules and time. That's why we, we're delayed here because even if we're all in quarantine, we all have a lot of different things going on to keep <laughs> ourselves busy with this and that and not and poor Cody hadn't go to work every day while the rest of us have our like at home works. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, uh,
2: work time,
1: say low what? They still, they still got you working
2: from home, too?
3: Yep, absolutely. I will be actually going on site tomorrow, uh, so that'll be interesting. I'm going to help uh, set up our office building for uh, COVID-friendly entry and usage. So uh, lots of, uh, you know, moving chairs into a closet because we can only have so many out. Lots of uh, laying out signs, taping off extraneous uh, coffee and water
1: machines, the whole nine yards. So, yeah. Uh, uh, and before you start talking about the actual uh, titles we're talking about this time, probably should introduce yourselves for people who might be coming through for the very first time for whatever reason. Um, th- those, those poor bastards. Uh, I am I am Bob. Uh, over here we have Tony. This would be Tony, yes. Uh, Cody. Kelly, miss me, Cody. And Kev. Hello. Yeah, rather than saying have that weird that weird spot in there, it's like all right, everyone's <laughs> yourself and it's kind of like who do I go?
0: <laughs> Everybody's Zoom is different. Yeah, yes, I can't even
1: point to a corner because everyone gets different different order. hmm Yes, indeed. has <sighs> so Zoom, man been on for podcasts and everything, and it's funny watching a lot of like the other videos I watch on start to move into like the. I, like I love the the found footage festival guys, and they're on Zoom mm. now, so they're in in their office doing their their videos. It's. And they always talk about how they always have the weird pauses and pop in and uh, but what go ahead? I thought you were about to say something again.
0: Oh, I was just laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh,
1: so yeah, we here uh, you know here's our I think our third, fourth third entry into some couple different streaming recommendations as as we're all stuck inside our homes for the most part. And hopefully my
0: internet holds out this time. <laughs> yes,
1: we lost Kim last time and uh, um. But yeah, so I have my list. I'm sure you guys have yours. Anyone want to give us a start of, of something you want to point out and talk about?
3: Well, I feel like I Go feel on. like I'm always the obnoxious one, so I'm going to cede the uh, privilege of of yakking off first to <laughs> someone
0: else. I'll start. All right. Uh, so my first recommendation is one that um, I actually saw for the first time a couple of years ago during Hundred Days of Horror and uh then it went off readily accessible streaming for a while but it is back on shutter and it is a movie called dig two graves
1: Ooh, that's a good one
0: that i think uh is is really well done really interesting particularly it's it's a pretty low budget little kind of gothic horror film and uh it's very effectively put together uh you have Ted Levine too yeah, as yeah. as the the grandfather, and I mean anytime he pops up, you know that if nothing else, he's going to give a really good performance uh, but it's it's a it's a little revenge film uh, and there's a couple different kind of plot points to sort of look at, but um At its core, you have a a girl and her brother, and her brother uh, dies, and a lot of it is her trying to deal with her guilt and grief over his death, and then being given the opportunity to maybe bring him back. Uh, and wrapped around it all is this story of revenge and it's again it's very nicely done very cool visuals uh and and i think it kind of an underappreciated little film
1: yeah i remember when it came out i watched it for hundred days of horror a couple years ago as well and uh i yeah i love the design of it the look the guys out mm-hmm. in the woods are oh. yeah it's a wonderful tennessee gothic yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The, story.
0: the atmosphere is just really gorgeously put together. And it's one that I've been really excited to. I was very sad when it went off uh, Netflix because it, I don't think it was streaming easily anywhere else. Yeah. I don't remember one, where I
1: watched it. It was like four years ago, three years yeah, ago. Yeah. No, I, it,
0: and, and I, it was one that would pop up. I would want to recommend to somebody, but it wasn't streaming anywhere. So I, I didn't. And so I'm very, very happy that Shudder has uh, picked it up.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I was, uh, as Alison watched that with me and she really liked it too. And it's, you know, it's a good 2004. Yeah. It's shutter now. The only place it's currently available. Um, but fuck yeah. That was a great movie.
3: Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It sounds great. And I mean, everyone that I have heard about this movie from has, uh, sung its praises. So I'm very much looking. And, you know, again, as I mentioned, uh, last month I have shutter now, so I'm looking forward to checking it out. Uh, on your guys's recommendation.
1: Awesome, uh, Cody, you wanna? Yes, uh, I, I do. Know. I'm
2: pulling up the. <laughs> I, I have a specific movie that I just found out is streaming again. Ooh. I watched this Ooh. for 100 Nights of Horror when I did my um, my go through on it, and it is a movie, Doctor Terror's Gallery of Horrors.
3: Oh yes, dude, yes. <laughs> oh yeah. Sorry. I have this on I have this on DVD under the title of Gallery of Horrors. And yeah, you're and, and this segues nicely into something I'm going to talk about later. So fire away, my friend.
2: <laughs> it is so much fun. It was when I was on my Amicus kick. It's actually not the Amicus one. There is a one that Amicus has. Uh, but this one is with John Carroll. House
3: of Horrors. Sorry, I sorry to interject. Doctor Terror's House of Horrors is the Amicus one. Yes. This is the so not amicus one.
2: Yep, and I thought it was when I first watched it, and I'm really glad I did. It's <laughs> it's one of the absolute most batshit. Like um, it's it's you know it's a, it's an anthology. It's got uh, there's one with John Carradine. I think actually he was in two. Lon Chaney, uh, right before he died, was in one. Hmm. Um, and every t- you can see pretty much the the surprising twist ending to every one of them. Coming. But that does not take back their camp factor and the fact that some of the endings are so abrupt that you can just tell they run out of they ran out of money. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great there's one of them and I won't spoil which one. Uh, but there's one where literally like two characters are in a line of dialogue and then all of a sudden within like you're not even thinking you're anywhere close to the end of the segment and within ten seconds it's over. It's just all of a sudden they're talking (laughs) and there's yelling and then it just ends. And it's so fucking good. It's, it's fun. There's some, you you get some good, like, uh, mummy effects or kind of undead effects in one. And by good, I mean camp good. They're just, they're super fucking fun. And they are streaming now on Prime. It's only about an hour and 20 minutes. So it's not even like, uh, you know, it's not even a huge time investment either. True that.
1: It, it's weird when, like, when anthologies do that, when they kind of just, like, shut off, like, mm-hmm. mostly through a story. Like, uh, all uh, all the creatures were stirring from, like, two years ago did that, too. And it's, like, Dude, people that, every, I, hated going that and they saw, I hated that one, too. But yeah. <laughs> Like, two of the stories, like, okay, now we're about to get to the good part. And it's done. And uh, I know, I think Kim has seen this one already, but I watched Scare, Scare Package yesterday. And I oh, did yeah. that a couple times where it's like, okay. And oh, we're done. Yep, <laughs> I, I yep, like yep. Scare Package. Uh, but, <laughs> there's, but See, know, All there's, Hallows
2: there's- Eve did that too with a couple of them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like uh, All Hallows Eve in particular, like there's like, it feels like uh, the first one they did with art, there's like chunks of it missing. Like it all of a sudden just cuts to him being a thing. I mean, I hate Art the Clown, and I and I really, really, really don't like the Terrifier two is going to happen, because fuck that. But also, <laughs> fuck anything he's in. Fuck that little clown fucker. I hate him.
0: <laughs> but how do you really feel, Cody?
2: I don't know. That dude who plays him much. might watch our podcast because he because uh, we were the, like you kind of know who he is, Kim, right?
1: We Crypticon last year, and I'm
2: like, I'm sorry, I'm sure you're a very nice person, but I hate your character and personally, I hope he does <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're gonna get death threats now from David they'd have
2: to be there'd have to be enough fans of Art the Clown for that to happen
0: <laughs> i mean i don't i think I think there might be fans of the Art the Clown possibly, but uh I don't necessarily no, that if that applies to the actor or um I, and the actor uh, is is lovely he's absolutely oh lovely. yeah uh but no I, I actually kind of agree with you i i i wanted to like that movie a lot more than i did
1: That's i thought he did a fine job
0: well oh, yeah i i think it's a performance i think he did eg- exactly what he was supposed to do with it um and i think he did a great physical work with the character
3: yeah absolutely
0: I, I I can't say that as a movie. I it was one where I was like, oh cool, I want to rewatch this right away or ever again. <laughs> um, but I I thought his individual performance was very good. And, and I would
2: uh, rather get sawed in half like that poor girl in Terrifier than watch that movie again.
0: I I feel that way about some movies. I mean, I don't think I, I think if I had to watch that movie again, I um which i can't imagine why i'd have to but i'm like if some friends were just Before like we have sequel. to watch this movie or we'll <laughs> die yeah if re- i mean i i it would probably have something to do with covering it for something but um i, I don't think i had quite as uh <laughs> I, was I was mostly just a little met on it but i i, I enjoyed the performance <laughs> i thought he was wonderful
2: was and i'm still gonna though. watch the sequel
1: i'm gonna hate watch oh, it no,
0: i'll totally watch the sequel yeah
1: but House of Horrors <laughs> is, is a lot more more fun. I was gonna say how do we yeah, how do we get off the I, topic? I, I did that by talking about <laughs> gallery the other of horrors. Cut
2: off, right? Pony, yeah. just explain that if you have listened. Get it, get it
3: right, man. Gallery of Horror, aka Doctor Terror's Gallery of Horror. And oh, no, I keep hearing Gallery so-
0: of Horrors and getting excited. Uh-
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, Well, then I I think I'll go next because as an effective segue from Gallery of Horror, um, another director besides the director of Gallery of Horror, uh, David L. Hewitt was the director of Gallery of Horror. Uh, There was another director from that era who uh, was very fond of using uh, older actors uh, for their last few years of their lives, including John Carradine and Lon Chaney. And that director was a gentleman named Al Adamson. And uh, Severin Home Video just put out an amazing, amazing, astonishing box set uh, of Al Adamson's complete filmography. There are 30 different films, well, not different, that's a long story. There are 30 films of Adamson's on this, uh, on this Blu-ray set that Severn Films put out, as well as a feature-length documentary directed by the Severn Films founder, uh, and also the director of Lost Soul, a great documentary about the uh, the ill-fated Island of Dr. Moreau movie from the 90s. Uh, that's David Gregory. Uh, and so the documentary is what I'm going to recommend here because it is actually streaming on Amazon for rent. And if you are a fan of uh, genre cinema, B-movie cinema, exploitation movies, uh, and actually, ironically enough, uh, true crime, uh, there's something for anybody who's kind of skews to those demographics in this movie um so uh, al adamson was the son of a silent movie cowboy star uh, a, a new zealand emigre named denver dixon who was actually a real-life cowboy uh and al got into filmmaking in the mid-60s and so he made movies from the mid-60s into the 80s and they are they're pretty much all like gallery of horror, mostly. Um, they're extremely, uh, they're mostly very technically limited, uh, but they are, for the most part, a lot of fun. And they, they kind of hit all of the exploitation buttons that can be hit uh, over the course of uh, several years. Uh, you know, he, he did horror movies, he did black exploitation movies, he did science fiction movies. He did uh, nudie, cutie comedies. Uh, and one of its trademarks was that he he and his producer, Sam Sherman, would always hire old guys, like old veteran actors. And so um, actually some four years, five years after Gallery of Horror, uh, Lon Chaney, Lon Chaney Jr., actually did his very last, I think it was his very last movie for Al Adamson, which was, Dracula versus Frankenstein, which is truly staggering. It's, if you haven't seen it, oh my God, you need to see it. I, I haven't checked to see if it's streaming or not. Um, but anyway, this is a great documentary. Uh, Adamson came off as a really nice affable guy. Uh, the title of the documentary is Blood and Flesh, The Real Life and Ghastly Death of Al Adamson, however. Um, and Adamson came to a very horrible uh And, uh, he was murdered by his landscaper, uh, by a contractor and, uh, buried underneath a ton of concrete underneath, uh, the foundation of his hot tub. So, uh, yeah, Kim, you might want to do an episode (laughs) on him.
0: I was going to (laughs) say. Yeah. Um,
3: but anyway, it's really interesting. Uh, and while Adamson was not quite Roger Corman level in terms of kind of getting people their start, he was actually, he worked with, uh, cinematographers, Laszlo Kovacs and uh, Vilma Zygmunt. And Kovacs, I think was the one that won an Oscar for Close Encounters of the Third Kind. These guys started out doing Al Adamson's shitty horror and biker movies. Uh, And the third uh, cinematographer that he worked with, a guy named Gary Graver, ended up doing cinematography on the last couple of Orson Welles's feet films so you know this guy was sort of a sort of a uh, an incubator for talent that went on to mostly you know to be charitable do better things Uh, but this is a really entertaining documentary uh, very enlightening and again you know if you're a fan of B movies uh, 60s or 70s cult cinema exploitation or true crime uh, the movie kind of hits all buttons and again it is streaming on Amazon for rent
1: awesome awesome yeah, I wanna, you know, eventually borrow that box set from you in like two years and you finish it. <laughs> and then we could do a joint scene of all episode or something. <laughs> yeah, haven't done one of those in like years. <laughs> so. uh, but uh when it comes to his Yeah, his we never films, got to do a
2: leprechaun one together, Bob. Yeah,
1: we'll, we'll get back to it in time. <laughs> Maybe next year. Uh but when it comes to his films, actually when I when I think about uh I think of circus uh circus magic, I think it was called. It was featured in the Carnival 11- Magic. Uh, it's one of the seasons of the new Mystery Science. Uh, yes, Yeah, on, uh, on Netflix. So you can watch that one Dude. on Netflix. Carnival
3: Magic, straight, no commentary, is a mind broiling experience. I saw it on 35 millimeter at the Grand Illusion Theater about seven years, about like ten years ago. Absolutely bonkers movie. That I, I, I'm saving that. That's like one of the special treats that I'm saving on the box set because God, damn, that movie is batshit nuts.
1: Yeah, that's why they picked it for Misty season season eleven.
3: <laughs> hey, you know, uh that's yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna pick a, a great movie to uh to uh cleverly riff on that movie is so nuts that it's just it's just practically a neon sign saying, please, please play mist mst three K for me. <laughs> but I'm
1: one of their discs from shout factory is called play misty for me and it's all their songs. So it does ah. does work. So they, they thought that pun before you did. <laughs>
3: uh,
1: well, that's okay. <laughs> Who's next? Who's next? Uh, I think that comes to me since uh, three of y'all went already um, I'm gonna recommend one. I actually just watched again tonight though. I watched it on disc. It is available on stars. Um, this is a 1997 snow white, a tale of terror mm. Um. Any anyone you've seen this before? Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's been it's been years since I. Yeah. Seen this it, is the first yeah. time
1: I've seen in probably twenty years. Uh, I think I had a VHS back in back in the day. Uh, VHS was a thing. Uh, and it's uh. So yeah, nineteen ninety seven, starring Sam Neill and uh, Sigourney Weaver and Monica. Yeah, you say
0: Sigourney Weaver.
1: Yeah, uh, wow. Sigourney Weaver as 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 the evil queen. Though she yeah, the title is is Monica. Uh, I forgot her name already. <laughs> that said it. Um, but uh, the, the girl from from, from Freddy, Freddy versus Jason. Uh, Monica, oh, Monica yeah. Hina. Yeah. Mm, yeah, um, yep. She's like the last filled person on there, even though she's the title. Uh, and this is you know, one of the, the darker take of the fairy tales of updating in this way. It, they'll always tales as we all know, we're one step away from horror, if not directly, um, like Hansel Grezel. Um, Though, you know, when you think of when you think of So White, you think the Disney movie. Um, so this is kind of taking that step out and looking at it from the queen's more point of view but also on a and more bloody and nasty but not in a way of like oh look we're making it horror uh Mm -hmm. i think it's done very well in this this case it's treated very seriously it's not cheesy like for the most part just a couple things are inadvertently cheesy but there's some really great special effects uh really well moves it sometimes shows it's it's made for showtime so sometimes it shows it's made for tv nature to it even though it wasn't intended on it but i can see why it'd be picked up for cable instead of uh theatrical release yeah uh, but yeah. It, it's just it's a solid flick like i you know, said just, just rewatched it and the uh the effects are, are pretty good uh there's some bad cg but the uh but the makeup effects that makes corny weaver into the hag is really good
0: that uh, that that part is pretty legit
1: <laughs> yeah it seems in- it's interesting
3: because it seems like the kind of mo- i mean again it's not a surprise it made it to cable rather than uh excuse me theatrical because it seems like one of those things that was like i mean we had a whole spate of revisionist horror takes on fairy tales you know over the la over recent years so whoever whoever made that one was about 10 years ahead 10 t- you know 20 years ahead of time because yeah, the know. director
1: hasn't done anything really else michael Cohn. um he's in like two other films um uh, <laughs> so yeah but he was working before uh the writers were tom scolosi deborah sierra and then based on the grim story but none of these none of these writers really have a lot of credits to their name um so it's kind of a, a surprise kind of came out of nowhere did this thing and, and left off but uh i love seeing sam neil sam neil's amazing
0: sam neil is amazing
1: yeah i'll watch anything <laughs> in, that. with him in minute. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's, uh besides the, the cheesy title of A Tale of Terror, uh, I it, think it's a, it, it's a good take on things. And it does give more sympathy to the queen, but not one of those things, are not like Maleficent where it's like, oh, she was just wrong. She's still strong in what she's doing. Uh, But we see more of, of the reason she's not just, you know, an evil person coming through and is destroying her stepdaughter's life uh just more of a it's also yeah it's one of those things where oh no something went wrong she snapped which does have issues that's definitely an, an issue uh mm-hmm. but there is a lot more to this this take than a, a lot of these other revisionists agreed but that but mm-hmm. that is on a star so i do want to recommend that if you want to check it out sour 40 minutes and it's pretty solid
0: nice
3: next
0: yes. <laughs> uh so for mine this was one that i was gonna recommend before i got cut off from the last time <laughs> um but because the second season is starting soon um the alienist season one. Oh, nice uh which had been on my radar for a while i read the book years ago uh i mean like by years, I mean decades. I think I read the book when it first came out. Uh, I say that not really remembering when the book came out. I just remember I was pretty, I was pretty young when I, uh, when I watched it. Um, I think it was, it was, I don't know. I think the book came out sometime in the nineties, but it's, it basically is, is following, um, a, uh, a really early, I mean, essentially a criminal psychologist, uh, back in the eighteen nineties in New York City. And there is this serial killer uh, who was modeled on Albert Fish, which was a little of the appeal for me because I've covered Albert Fish for a couple uh, lectures before. And it's it's really interesting. You're you're the performances are all really good. Um it's uh, I don't know, eight. Eight episodes, 10 episodes, eight episodes, 10 episodes, I think. And so it, it's pretty fast moving and it's just this nice little, uh, murder mystery thriller. Uh, but if you're a fan of, of Hannibal or, um, any of, of those style of shows and you like something that's period, you'll like this, uh, Dakota, not Dakota, uh, wait, what's her El- name? What's L, thank is, you. I,
1: isn't it Dakota because L?
0: Uh, oh no! It, yes, it is because because L's in
1: um, the Great, and I keep seeing the trailers for this while watching yes. the Great. And I'm like I'm getting Fannings in both ends.
0: Well, because they and they look <laughs> remarkably alike. Uh, Dakota Fanning it plays a woman in it who, at least in the first season, she is the first woman who is employed by the NYPD, and you do have a handful of of real characters like this is. Happening during the time when uh, Teddy Roosevelt was commissioner of the NYPD, so even actor playing Teddy Roosevelt. Uh, so that they do play with some historical stuff, and I, I will say the way they try to treat uh, some of the ideas of the time and 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 the treatment at the time and the police corruption at the time uh, is, uh, I think, pretty accurate, actually. <laughs> uh, but it's it it's streaming on who. Play- Blah, and HBO Max and apparently DirecTV uh, and Sling and the first three episodes you can watch through TNT.com and then I think you'd have to pay for it if you don't have any other means no, but- so it's, it's streaming at <laughs> a handful of places but it's, it's worth the watch I, I finished it pretty quickly because I found it very compelling and interesting uh, so if you've not checked it out and again we all know how much I love my TV uh, it is a quality TV show and the second season starts up I think sometime in the next week or two
1: I've I've read the book, the first book, uh, mm-hmm. though I own the Angel of Darkness, the second book, uh, but I haven't seen the show, so I only have that, that one novel to go by. So I really did like the book. I'm, uh, I always felt like I missed something and need to go back and reread it because like, I know I did, but I don't remember anything that happened. It.
0: I, I read it, I was a teenager. So even when I started the show, there was a lot of stuff that there'd be little moments that would click and I'd be like, oh, yeah. But when I was, I don't know, 13 or 14 and read this book, I did not compute the Albert Fish similarities, uh, which this, the, the killer in this is definitely modeled off of Albert Fish. Uh, so that was kind of a delightful surprise, revisiting the story. Uh, and I have not read the second book, so the second season is going to be a little bit of a surprise.
1: So the second season based upon the second book? or Yes. Oh, no, okay, cool. So then they go off their own way after, after a bit, you know?
0: No, because I, I don't get the impression... Like, the first season was initially, I think, supposed to be kind of a standalone. And it must have done well enough in the ratings that they decided to do the second book. But I don't know that it'll go past that uh unless it does pretty remarkably well in the ratings because it it took them the first season came out 2018 and it took them two years to get this out this isn't a show that i think is easy to quickly produce Mm,
1: yeah it seems like there's a lot of production value to go into
0: it a lot of production value because you're trying to recreate (laughs) new york in the 1890s uh and the costumes, particularly, are really, really spectacular. And there is an attention to detail that is is remarkable. But I think would be very hard to recreate. In fact, I I'm kind of curious now where they filmed this because uh, I can't imagine uh, they would have had an easy time finding an area to film this in. Uh, I kind of look this up now. It'd be a really
1: amazing set. You never know. Well, it could be,
0: but... Uh,
1: Feels more real over than that.
0: Uh, yeah, but, okay, I'm going to be looking this up while you're, whoever is coming <laughs> next, and when I burst in, they us. filmed this on the back lot of, bleh, you'll know, but now I really want to know where this was filmed, so I'm going to look this up because it's going to drive me crazy.
1: <laughs> Continue. <laughs> Who's next? Uh, back, back to, to me. me.
2: You yep. I have one, and it is on Tubi, which is super fun and super free. Um, and that's Blood Harvest from 1987. Oh, Ooh. yeah! I watched this one again last last year for 100 Nights of Horror. Absolutely loved it. I bought it at uh, Crypticon about the Blu-ray from Vinegar Syndrome. And this is a movie that, on its own, probably isn't that great it's an okay kind of traditional 80s slasher. What makes it is the fact that Tiny Tim, um, he plays the clown in there and gives an actual performance in this role. Nice. Wow. You're not expecting him to actually go all out. He he goes all out. Like, he manages to uh, pull off a scene where he's in a church and he's, like, actually, like, you could—he's dealing with the death of his parents, and it's—it's it's Tiny Tim, and he's dressed like a clown. But you actually feel for this character. You actually feel every time that he interacts. It's really a great performance, and it's really sad that, honestly, Tiny Tim never got many acting roles after this. I really, I thought it—it's—it's it, 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 it's your traditional eighty slasher, but that really elevates it because of how much he goes in on the character and how much effort he really does put into his performance.
1: Yeah, it's one I haven't seen, but uh, Joe Bob did it last year, and that one's still streaming on, on Shudder. So I know mm-hmm. we'll catch up to it as we get caught up on, on Joe Bob Riggs. So I'm about three weeks behind that point, and I'm looking forward to catching it because I've heard about it forever. It's really I, good.
3: I literally saw it on VHS. That was the last time I saw that damn thing. I have no memory of it whatsoever, um, but yeah, way back in the late '80s, uh, <laughs> I saw it on VHS. So I'm I it, I I'm happy to hear that it's that it's uh, that it's a lot of fun and that Tiny Tim rocks because Tiny Tim rocks.
1: He does. Uh, and Tips uh, throws some uh, tulips to stab you in the throat. Amen. <laughs> uh, I
0: I I'm going to interject that the Alienist was filmed in Hungary. Hmm. So, where
3: sets can be built
0: cheap. Where sets can be built cheap. And you can also recreate the eighteen nineties.
1: You got it. That's good to know. It's still the ninety it's it's still the nineteen nineties in Portland, Oregon, and it's still the eighteen nineties in Hungary.
0: Amen. <laughs>
3: Exactly. All right. I I have a couple of recommendations to throw down because I rewatched both of these movies very recently and they are streaming on Shudder and they are definitely kindred, uh, like relations. Uh, I watched Blackula and scream Blackula scream. Uh, Blackula is from 1972. Scream Blackula scream is yes. The sequel from 1973, uh, Let's prep. Let's start this out by saying, just straight up, Black Hill is a pretty damn good movie.
1: Yep, Hill yeah, is right. fantastic. Yeah. yeah,
3: it is. It is uh, definitely a B movie, but it is uh, very. It's got a great fast pace. Uh, the director's name is William Crane. Uh, he became a a, a twofer as far as uh, black exploitation genre movies when he also directed the unfortunately not that good but still fun Doctor Black and Mister Hyde. Uh, and a lot of TV, Uh, but uh, basically the plot is that uh, an African prince, Prince Mamawalde and his wife uh, are attempting to uh, basically uh, approach Count Dracula uh, about dismantling slavery uh, and slave harvesting in Africa, and it just so turns out that Count Dracula is a racist prick, and so he ends up uh, burying them both alive and he bites walde the prince, and informs him that you have the vampire's curse now. And then sure enough, 150 years later, uh, in modern times, modern being the swinging 70s, Blackula is resurrected in modern day Los Angeles, and he goes on a rampage. Um, I, it's just a lot of fun. It moves really fast. It's uh, got a great 70s soundtrack. Uh, the music, the scores by a guy named Gene Page, did a lot of great scores. And there are songs by a great funk disco band called the Hughes Corporation that are really, really, really good. Uh, It has one of the best scare scenes of a 70s horror movie, and I will stand by this. There's a a scene involving a character uh, that has been recently converted into vampirism. Uh, It's a slow motion scene. It is right out of a nightmare, and it still is freaky as fuck. Uh, And also... Uh, mad mad props to William Marshall who played uh, who played Blackula this guy was a classically trained Shakespearean actor he had done Mm -hmm. uh, Othello on Broadway he had been acting in uh, television and film for about 30 or 40 years and this guy is one of those classically trained actors who this instant he disgorges a line it doesn't matter if he's reading you know the freaking instructions for a VCR It's like, please continue speaking, you know, (laughs) Uh, and he's just terrific. And it's just a shame he didn't become a huge star after this in like, you know, non horror movies. So Blackula is excellent. Uh, Absolutely a must, I think, uh, for uh, horror fans, fans of 70s cinema. Scream, Blackula, Scream is not as good it's it's not as well paced uh but it's got a really cool premise and it's still a lot of fun and in this one uh Blackie was brought to life by a uh, bitter would-be heir to a recently departed voodoo priestess's uh leadership and it turns out that his rival uh this heir uh willis is his name uh what you're talking about willis uh, and uh his rival and the rightful heiress to the leadership of this of this uh group of of uh, voodoo practitioners is pam greer yes. uh yeah uh, and it's again it the pacing isn't as good it's a little bit pokier but it's still got some interesting atmospheric moments and uh it's just, it's fun to actually watch Pam Greer play a regular person and not once pull out a firearm and blow some guy's head off. Um, not that I mind that at all. In fact, I royally welcome it, but the contrast is nice. Uh, and... uh I also am a real fan of Richard Lawson, who's the actor who plays Willis, uh, who's, like, swaggering and charming, but still really oily, and he's very funny. Uh, The sequel's actually pretty standalone, aside from a little bit of, uh, like, scenes from the original movie. And I think Scream, Blackula, Scream is a really good candidate for a remake. It just feels like... um, it, it's the kind of premise that a like a graphic novel or a really good modern you know indie movie could pull off uh and from that vantage point too it's it's a lot of fun to watch i mean this this is a fun solid double feature overall and streaming on on shutter
1: i do like like them both oh i definitely i think uh I definitely say that black was the the better of the two uh yeah. it's it's a, it's a step above like say exploitation, a uh, horror blaxploitation uh because it's just a he brings so much more to it than that and the procedural part of it and everything. Yeah. Uh, I think absolutely. screen back is more of playing what you expect from the title of blackula. Uh-huh. Uh, it's, it's so I th- but uh, I can't remember which one it is. Uh, Tony, since you just rewatched me remember I, where I think he's sitting there talking to a woman. And he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm an ancient vampire. I'm angry. I'm going to kill a lot of people. And she's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it just goes on. There's yeah. nothing like, wait, wait, what? You're pulling me?" she's like, Nope, I'm cool with this. And they That's just go, <laughs>
3: <laughs> that that's uh now you know what funnily enough i'm not sure even though i just very recently watched these i, I want to say sequel. that yeah i want to say it's *Scream* blackula scream uh and you know it's a it's a very 70s sequel in the in the in the sense that it meanders and I, and it's a little bit strange you know in a, in a in a mostly good way uh but yeah i i do think it's i, I you know somebody out there man jordan peele you know exec producer or director remake man you know do do a remake because I, I think i think a modern treatment to this particular kind of premise and story would be a blast if done well
1: agreed 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 mm-hmm. agreed right, uh, i will um come in with the uh with my last recommendation here of uh it's now streaming on uh, amazon from this year is the vast of night uh it's a tight little Twilight Zone esque uh science fiction horror tale. Uh, that's from a first time writer director is literally his only credit. Uh the writer director's name is ahead of Andrew Patterson. And like literally you put him up, I expect to find a bunch of good shorts, maybe something here and there. First writing, directing across the board, and it's phenomenal. And how much he gets out of so little. Uh it's one of those films that either you're gonna just completely be on board or you're gonna be like, uh no, because it doesn't. It's a lot of um, a lot of long monologues, a lot of odd choices in shot and lighting uh, that leaves a lot off screen, but leaves it all to your imagination. Like there's various points where I, it, it's strange, where it's all it, it has two long sequences where three long sequences where there's no cuts, where it's kind of goes for a long time, and then there's other sequences where it's bam, 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 based upon the mood. So it's always it's really well designed in that way. Um, the basic story. This is the same level here. The basic story is in the early 50s in uh, New Mexico, a DJ and a radio operator uh, are starting to get weird signals. So they work together to try and trace the signal, and they get a couple calls about this happening with the military in the past, um, which leads us to a couple weeks long uh, monologues. where it's just kind of stays there and then it also fades out and fades back in. So it feels almost like a a film radio play in a very good way, because so much of it is in what's said and how it's said more than the visuals, but the visuals themselves are fantastic. It's great use of lights, there's long shots, um, great tone and atmosphere to it. It doesn't quite stick the landing, but the entire build-up is very tense and very well. It draws you completely in uh, with the two performers. It's uh, it's not a two-hander because there's a lot of other characters coming in, but mainly like but mainly you have Sarah McCormick as a Fay, the um, the uh, the woman working the radio, uh, and then Jake Horowitz as Everett, who who, who uh, sorry she works the the phones he works on the radio um but they as they move in and out this little town uh just wonderful shot where it kind of moves fo- from where they're at uh to the school then back to them and this and around uh and it's it's about an hour and 30 minutes and it's it's fucking fantastic because it moves like I paused it about an hour in thinking it was like 25 minutes in to go <laughs> refill our water and i was really surprised to feel i was actually two-thirds of the way through um but i want to highly recommend that's on amazon prime nearly everyone has that um, and it's, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a great homage to seventy is 50s science fiction, uh, 50s, 60s science fiction, like Twilight Zone, Outer Limits, and things like that. If you're a fan of those, you'll be a fan of this. Cool.
0: Nice. That's not, that's not one I've seen. Uh, so I'll have to add it to my list. <laughs>
1: and i say i know jennifer lovely watched it the other day and she really liked it and it's uh it's like it's like the seventh highest rated thing on metacritic this year so far um so it's i'm not the only one who likes it
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's not just me guys it's not just me yeah (laughs)
1: uh but it's really i went through looking at indb after i watched it and it's either like you know eight eight to tens or like one or twos you know either people wanted this you know a big like you know uh act you know big science fiction thing like close to counters or uh, uh-huh. they want it or they're cool with watching something that's really twilight zone-esque i can see that either way you know <laughs> either you loved it or you hate it based on what you expected out of it i think
0: right right but depending on your expectations of the whole thing <laughs> which is why it's good to not go in with a whole lot of expectations you'll just be disappointed
1: but um, yeah so those are both absolutely uh definitely want to check it out and i was looking at the other writer for for this because it's co-written someone else and that's literally the only credit for both the <laughs> both the <writer-directors.
0: laughs> oh uh, interesting
1: but yeah you can find that there and uh i did want to say for um unrelated to that but going back to Both the conversation that we had a little earlier about Mystery Science Theater and Tubi. Nearly everything on Mystery Science is on Tubi. And I've been watching a hell of a lot of those. I'm not (laughs) going to go into that. But but, uh, you can find lists of the best ones out there and watch nearly everyone on Tubi. Just a handful that for rights issues aren't up there. Uh, But they're all on YouTube, by the way. Besides the Godzilla 2. But you can blame Sandy Frank for that. (laughs) Coolio.
3: You're next, aren't you, Kim?
0: Oh, uh, sure. Uh, uh, This is one that I did recently for my um, horror discussion class uh, and the poor children, some of the things I've made them watch, uh, which is (laughs) The Night of the Hunter. Yes. Uh, Which I'd seen before, but it was really cool to revisit it. And Um, uh, it's streaming on Amazon Prime. And I'd kind of forgotten how... You know, it's it's interesting because it is very much, uh, I see the theater roots in it. I see that he's directed theater. I see that he was a stage actor in the way he lines up shots, in the way he sets up his visuals, and some of the perspective. And even just the, the sets, you have these very... Um, uh, kind of like silent film, a little bit reminiscent of the silent film sets. So
3: but kind of expressionistic,
0: very yeah. expressionist. Like it, it, it reminded me a little too of like German expressionist. But yeah. um, but this again, this but very theatrical because there's there's shots where you, I'm like I could be seeing this from the audience on a proscenium stage, and I wouldn't be surprised if this was a still from a play. Mm-hmm. Uh. As, which was just, which was really cool because I don't think that's something I picked up the first time I watched it, um, and it was really, really interesting listening to a group of teenagers talk about this film because I wasn't sure how well it would it would track because it was made in 1955, but even for a movie made in 1955, it's set during. Yeah. 1930s i think like 1932 or something like that so it's
3: yeah, that's of depression yeah
0: yeah so you you know it it was funny because one of the things a couple of them got really hung up on was like i don't see how this woman would just remarry this guy um who says he's a preacher and not question this and and think that he's good and leave him with her kids and i'm like Oh, you nuggets are so cute because you're looking at everything from 2020 standards. But this is like 1930s. This poor woman is trying to support her two children. Here comes this guy who says he's a preacher. Uh, yeah, of course she's gung-ho to, to be saved and marry him. Um, the scene under the water.
3: Oh, Jesus, yes. That I don't want to say we... a
0: whole lot about it for anyone That's who's beautiful. never seen the movie, but oh my God. Yeah god it's stunning and i kept thinking ophelia too i think again coming back to that kind of theatrical thing yeah, uh that, the idea yeah, of I,
3: that i never picked up on that the first the first couple of times i've seen it either and i've been i've been itching to rewatch it anyway because i have it on dvd mm. uh and uh, it, it yeah i i can you know it's it's i i think just long story short it's brilliant i mean it's a classic yeah. For a reason, it's a damn shame that Charles Lawton didn't direct any anything after that. It
0: yeah, yeah, that. breaks my heart strange. that this and yeah. that it wasn't well because the movie wasn't super well received initially.
2: Exactly. Uh, yeah.
0: And it, it breaks my heart because it's so interesting, and and the visuals in it are so strong. The performances are so strong. And oh
3: God, Robert Mitchum—that is whoa. one for the ages as that character. Yeah, and he I, just looks also, at you and dares right into your soul. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And uh, I'd say that one and the original Cape Fear. That, mm. Oh that yeah, one Punch yeah, yeah, yeah. of him in a heavy role, abs- just like chilling.
0: When the 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 sexuality in it, like I. And I felt a little bad after I was rewatching because I was like, "Oh shit!" I hope some of the kids don't pick up on this. But um, the the way they portray sexuality the 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 knife through the pants, like you know the 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 yeah. knife is his erection essentially, um, and even the way the 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 scene in in the bedroom and again, I don't want to give stuff away for anyone who's never seen it before, but where, where he raises his arm to hit her and he stays that way for a really long time. Like it's so stylized, which is so interesting. And I think maybe that is because it's, it's something that I think even then it was stylized for 1955. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And, 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 but it man it's it's visually it is just gorgeous uh and the thoughtfulness that goes into some of the shots the water as a whole the running water the river uh yeah it's it it really was lovely to revisit that film uh and if you've never seen it i highly recommend it
1: awesome awesome yeah. awesome!
3: yeah totally i'm totally on board with you on that uh well i'll go next or wait, Cody, are you next or is it me? It would be me. Okay, please, sir. Sorry.
2: I will throw in just a good old fashioned movie that I love watching and can continue to rewatch. And we'll rewatch probably till the end of time. I will throw out Demons. Yay. That's always a good, boring time. Uh, soundtrack's great. It's got a fucking absurd plot and it's just it is just a ton of fun I mean it is that shit from start to finish.
3: I that movie is one of the most gloriously random horror movies of the 80s. There is I I years ago actually when it was screening at uh Grindhouse Theater, the ongoing series it was at the uh, at the wonderful Grand Cinemas in Tacoma. Uh, I actually took a date uh, whose uh, tastes normally ran along the lines of uh, documentaries and social justice drama. And, <laughs> uh, and she was highly entertained. And I, I don't want to give any I don't want to give like a spoiler alert to what happens towards the end of the movie with a very large vehicle um, that makes a very spontaneous, very spontaneous appearance, but oh my God, when that scene comes, the audiences will roar, it is so nuts, and the movie is full of moments like that, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a giant, giant, well, you know, I, as you know, I recommended Demons 2 a little while ago, and we were commiserating on our fondness for that, but yeah, Demons,
1: love it, love it, love it, we're always reading it-
2: uh, it's I think it's on Shutter or Amazon Prime. Yeah, it used
1: to be on Shutter at least. So, yeah, it's its one that Joe Bob covered uh, like two years ago. So, cool, cool. So yeah, it's still—it's a hoopla Shutter uh, movie, whatever the hell that is, and you can rent it from Voodoo or Amazon. So,
3: awesome. Well, I'll I'll uh, throw out one last quick recommendation here. I am very late to this party, but I have been highly entertained. By uh, the six episodes of the first season of Daredevil that I have just finished watching.
1: Uh, oh wow! I, yeah.
3: Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I am, I am, I am Rip Van Winkle. Uh, hear me ramble. Yeah, I, I really think the label that has been put on this on this particular series of uh, Marvel comics, as directed by Martin Scorsese, is. There's, there's, there's some merit to that in terms of the grittiness. Um, I think it's really super solid, uh, as far as, uh, drama goes. I think Charlie Cox, uh, playing the lead, Matt Murdoch, uh, AKA Daredevil is terrific. He's incredibly likable and it's wonderful to follow him, um, but the crown jewel, as far as I'm concerned, for at least the first half dozen episodes I have watched, uh, is uh, Vincent D'Onofrio, who uh, plays Wilson Fisk, a.k.a. Uh, yes. The King Finn. Um, I, I'm, I, I'm a huge, huge fan of this man. I, this man's acting anyway. I just think he's brilliant. And you know you're in the hands of an amazing talent when this person can make something as trivial as like eating dinner absolutely riveting visually without feeling like he's trying to do it. He's just this, and, and in the, in the space of a few minutes in, I think it's the second episode, he goes from, from uh, awkward to charming, uh, to absolutely terrifyingly lethal. Uh, like it just makes it work. I, I, uh, I just yeah, it's a terrific series. I'm looking at digging into the rest of it, uh, uh, but yeah, if you're if you're even more of a of, of a Rip Van Winkle than I am, and you have not seen it, uh, <laughs> it is streaming on Netflix, and it is well, 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 worth watching. Uh, you do not have to have a super duper amount of uh, MCU uh, pre knowledge to enjoy it for sure. That's true. It, yeah, I think it's I think it's and- a, a bang up show
0: follow-up, you should watch Jessica Jones. Damn right, You're like, full, stop, yeah. period, that's,
3: that's full stop, period, full That's oh my God. next. Luke Cage is good, too. After yeah. I, Luke after Cage is good,
0: too. Uh, kind of you could skip either. Iron Fist. That's
1: yeah, what everyone's told me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but Jessica Jones is, uh, that hit my heart a lot. That hit some things for me. Um, Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. both cool. show, I think, what makes Marvel, why I like Marvel over DC is because you have these ground-level superheroes with lots of troubles, lots of their own issues. Yeah. Along oh. with everything else happening, bigger than absolutely. them that they that they feel required to do, uh, of the movies have not really covered in so much, but the comics do really well. Like this, really pulls a lot from the Frank Miller era of the Daredevil comics, and then it yeah, shows through. through. Um, but yeah, I I haven't I haven't watched season three yet. Uh, I kind of got behind in the MC in, uh, Marvel television shows. I haven't caught up to those, but uh, eventually,
0: it's because <laughs> we went through a period where there was fifty million of them. Yeah, there were, I still haven't watched. Down now. I haven't watched the Punisher series yet, but I liked oh, the Punisher arc on Daredevil a lot. Uh, so I'm, I, I'm, I want to watch it, but I've heard kind of, I don't even think mixed is the right word. Uh, I've heard, I'm, I'm a little worried. I'm, I'm going to be disappointed in it. So I think I've kind of held off on watching it.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough um and then uh, i guess the my my last recommendation uh for this night will be uh it's a netflix show uh runs 10 episodes in one starter movie it's a children's zombie show called the last kids on earth hmm. uh it's a it's an animated show based upon a series of five books i think currently um and it's yeah it it's a preteen aimed animated show about a bunch of kids surviving after zombie apocalypse during that there's other monsters and other stuff going on, uh, interdimensional, interdimensional rifts and, uh, other characters who are around that they're dealing with. Uh, but it's really funny, really well-written. Um, it's got, uh, yeah. So you get the, yeah, you get the four archetype of kids. You get like, you know, our wannabe leader, you got the tough kid, you get the smart girl, you got the smart dude. Um, and, but it's all really well done. Of course it's more than that. It's more than just as basic archetypes. Um, and uh, as they go through dealing with this, uh, but the character design really nice. The, the humor is really is really well done. Uh, the world that they live in is really well realized. And so are the monsters. Uh, and then in season two, we do have a lot of great character actors coming in to voice. Some of those, mo- some of the, uh, some of the sentient monsters who are coming through. So you get, uh Keith David, Mark Hamill, Catherine O'Hara, Bruce Campbell. Uh, oh my goodness. Oh man. uh These other characters. Yummy. Uh, so, yeah, the voice acting is enough to get you in there. Um, and the, the kids are done by familiar actors. Uh, I don't know in the top of my head, but you hear in other places. Um, and the main kid is voiced by Finn Wolfhard's brother. <laughs> I think it's first thing. Oh, wow. Thing. Um, oh. But it's a really clever show. There's a lot of uh, – I really had a good time watching it. It's all, like the first movie is like an hour and ten minutes. And then this the this se- second season is like about four hours total because uh, it's like ten episodes of like 20-minute 20 20 minute, uh, bits. Uh, but for kids who like, or kids at heart who like zombies and, and, and animation, this just kind of hits the right way. Um, because it, it moves past zombies and, into monsters and, and action from that. Uh, but also touches into a lot of, you know, a lot of things about dealing with the time after the apocalypse and, uh, dealing with your emotions and, and this and that and getting along with people who you don't quite normally get along with. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, check that out. It's on Netflix.
0: Yeah, that's one that's not been on my radar, so now I'm curious.
1: God, me too. And yeah, I'm, I'm just checking out the books now. I've seen the seeing the show, which apparently is one of the first two of the five books. Uh, and there's already been renewed for season three, so I look forward to seeing what comes out yeah. of that. Um, Very cool. So, any other recommendations for we wrap it up for this evening?
0: You no, know, I think I've given plenty. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm done for now. I'm good. <laughs> And uh and everyone plug other places uh that we work on that you do and uh we can we can call it for this for the for this week.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh well I'll plug Ghoulish tendencies, which is uh my my true crime, paranormal, legends, lore, murder, whatever ghoulishy things podcast. Uh which you can find anywhere you can find podcasts. Um I also am going to plug 100 Days of Horror because that is starting up in a few short weeks, which is, for me, 100 horror films I have never watched in the 100 days leading up to Halloween. And uh, there's a Facebook group. You can follow me on Twitter, at Seattle Screams, where I will be posting all about it. Uh, And these gentlemen, to varying degrees, generally participates. I think Tony is still participating from 2015.
1: (laughs) Hey, Tony, I both finished last last year. year.
3: (laughs) And it only took me two years. I so finished (laughs) last
0: year, dude. Wait, you finished 2015 last year or you finished last year's?
3: I (laughs) I finished 2016's
1: last year. (laughs)
0: <laughs> all right so we're we're slowly but surely we're getting you there
1: yeah i yeah. just put you uh, up yeah. on the web because uh, i everything that people post and everyone not just, not just us but a whole bunch of the people you know would post on on the facebook i i oh, yeah, the facebook group is, on, on is fairly
0: active actually yeah uh, absolutely
1: People yeah. are still posting stuff. So.
0: Yeah, no, I'm impre- it's gotten me to post more during the year on the Facebook group, which is not something I used to really do a whole lot of. Uh, but it's, it's, it's a lot of fun, and it's one of those things where I'm pretty loose to the parameters. Like, for me, it's 100 films I've never seen. That was part of why I started it. But other people just try to watch 100 films. Some people only do the last 30. Some people just do the best they can. It is not uh, something where we're like, you have to follow these guidelines or you suck. You Live your best life. Do what you yeah, want to it's
1: do. Like, I counted t- television series as one go. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like, I and think so, I like, Amy at the end was like, I am tired of watching bad movies. I'm going to watch my favorites. <laughs> like,
0: yeah, all right. yeah, yeah, yeah. One, <laughs> well, and, and and I mean, like, uh, I, I'll have people who will message me all flutter because they're like, I've seen these movies. It's okay if I count them. I'm like, this isn't, nobody's holding you accountable at yourself. The, the never watch it started for me because I found myself always rewatching the same movies around Halloween that I love and I still love them. But, uh, this gave me a reason to expand, to watch some of the movies I've always, always meant to watch and hadn't because there's still so many of them. So for me, it is a personal thing to continue to only watch films I haven't seen. And I stick to that. If I start to watch a movie that I have seen, I will still finish the movie, but I will not count it. Um, but uh, live your best life. Do it how you want to do it. <laughs> so uh, those are my my big plugs. I've got another Tea and True Crime coming up on, I don't know, sometime in July. <laughs> I'll have to look it up. I can't remember off the top of my head. It's like July 24th, 19th. July 19th. We're doing a teen true crime. Go to Spooked in Seattle for more details. I'm done plugging things. Somebody else something. <laughs> That's <enough>. I'm out. <laughs> it <Delphi> out. Boom. <laughs> what? Uh, uh,
3: okay, well, I'll, I'll pimp away next. Uh, I Because there's something that I did recently that is... Uh, very horror adjacent. Uh, I write for a music website called artisthome.org. And we had the very good fortune to uh, premiere a video by Seattle band Killer Workout. Uh, yeah. Killer Workout is a terrific Seattle band. They sound like everything great about uh, post-punk and new wave music only coated with grindhouse movie theater popcorn butter. Um, The songs are great. We premiered one of their videos recently. Uh, It's a video for a great song called Loser, and the entire video is comprised of clips from Plan 9 from Outer Space. Uh, And there's also a link to a different uh, video uh, for another song, and the title is Escaping Me at the Moment, but that particular video is entirely comprised of clips from The Driller Killer. Uh, and uh, actually, yeah, two of the members of Killer Workout are Crypticon regulars. Uh, that would be Anthony Darnell and uh, Adrian Clark, uh, who, are oh. the, uh, who are the synthesizer players and the uh, vocalists uh, for the band. Uh, I Even if I didn't know these guys from Adam, they're terrific. So go to artisthome.org. It's one of the most recent stories if you're a horror fan. Uh, yeah, th- this is a band that's really obsessed with horror that's that doesn't play the traditional black metal that you expect you know on every or, or like you know new metal that you expect on every horror movie soundtrack from here to eternity uh they're just a blast so uh go go check that out all
1: right nice. cody is there working fine yeah hey, you- i got nothing
2: going on except for city geek you know that
1: yeah you're in your twitter
2: at City of Geek Cody, uh, currently all I'm doing is retreating sticker mule trying to win $500. So. Fair enough. <laughs> That's me.
3: And that is a noble vocation,
1: my friend. Hell yeah, I'm going to get that, that
2: get that fucking Amazon credit and just go ham on some movies.
1: Nice. Dude. And, uh, and I am Bob Foster. Besides this, uh, we have a Worst Movie of the Year or other podcast You can find at worst movie of at worstmovieoftheyear.transistor.fm or at because I post everything up there as well, looking at really awful movies, things that I wouldn't normally recommend because normally it's not the best of the worst, just the worst of the worst, <laughs> uh, which <laughs> these guys have all appeared on a couple of times. Um, that's true. And uh, that's essentially every Sunday, but I'm trying, I'm probably moving to every other Sunday uh, as you know, things would ramp up for the summer. Uh, next movie is Daddy Day Camp. Um, so, hey, Have you actually me. found people for that yet? Because we all uh, said you know. <laughs> Well, everyone was busy last weekend. That's why I didn't I was it. Like,
0: Yeah, last weekend I had faculty showcase for YTN. So, so yeah, yeah. And you,
1: with that. the actual camp you work for, not the Daddy yeah, Day well,
0: Camp. Mean, you, mean, you mean the people that pay me money? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. I
2: straight up told Bob, I'm like, I have too much respect for myself to watch that.
1: <laughs> and uh and recently uh both Kim and I were on don't read the latin uh yes, separately we for Jennifer Lovely uh talking about our favorite poor movies of our youth and of favorite new horror films uh so check that out don'treadthelatin.com um which you also you'll find linked at c of geeks facebook so you can find us on facebook as well all right so that's a lot of cool recommendations and we'll return with either next time we either be another recommendations or found footage depending on time and availability um so any final words for we sign off guys booyah (laughs) yeah there it was i was waiting for the burp (laughs) all right uh like comment subscribe share etc cetera, etc cetera. give us a good review and eventually maybe i'll watch your movie i still once one eric recommended like a year ago <laughs> <laughs> and it's com for all our stuff thank you guys and for listening and uh see you guys next time